The Start On Demand. On demand. For our final show of 2021, we wanted to make sure to have some fun, but there were still a few COVID-related things we had to discuss. For example, one of our listeners reached out to us to share a frustrating experience in trying to get a PCR test and the hoops she had to jump through and the lack of communication amongst the varying parties is just nonsense. Also, Quebec reinstituting its curfew, banning gatherings. Ontario, meanwhile, changing some rules as it comes to testing and isolation requirements. And yes, 2021 has been another difficult year, but what was good about 2021 for you? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Loren McNabb and Greg Mackling, who's back next week. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Friday, December 31st, New Year's Eve podcast for The Start. McGarry and McNabb, one final time in 2021. <laughs> Woo! Mackling is off. He's back on Tuesday. Uh, yet to be determined which one of you two is going to be in studio. Uh, but uh, whichever one of you it is in studio, I will make sure to leave your Christmas present for Ooh. you. So you have something to something to, to show up to and Exciting. open. Exciting. Yes. They're trying to entice me in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Does it ry- rhyme with shocks of time? Um. One <laughs> <laughs> uh, year you got me a box of wine that you jammed into a bag that didn't fit the box. Yeah. And it was like hilarious because I couldn't even get the box out. I was like, I'm just going to cut a hole in the bag through the box and just access it. It was a box and a bag of wine. That was actually perfect. Oh. No, the, the box fit just perfectly in the bag, but it had this weird like lip on the inside of the bag. So the box went in, but it couldn't come back she out. She couldn't come out. Talks of time. Give me a shocks of wine. Whatever you want to call it. I don't care, my friend. Uh, but yes, my uh, my the, my initial instinct this morning was to say good because I, I always send it you know i'm a grump in the morning so i always i'd like to send greg and loren a grumpy text to start the day so it, it started off with i'm in a cab good riddance 2021 but we're starting now and i'm going to change my tune as the morning goes on yeah i mean look hey who doesn't want to say goodbye to a few things from this year we had hoped to say goodbye to a few things from 2020 that we weren't going to carry into 2021. But let's face it, we're carrying COVID all the way into 2022. And hopefully at some point in 2022, it goes away. It, I just saw a tweet this morning that made me laugh and think about your good riddance. It was from a comms person in Washington, D.C. And I was thinking of all the words I never wanted to hear again, you know, like circuit breaker or terms that you didn't think you'd ever say. And she tweeted uh, a couple hours ago, I miss precedented times. <laughs> because of how often we've said in the last two years these are unprecedented times you know what i want to go back to she's thinking i just i'd like some precedented times you know not unprecedented (laughs) i like i laughed so hard at that i was like yes let's 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 return to normal words like instead of circuit breaker let's just have a breaker (laughs) breaker breaker nine nine like i don't know Let's that have some fun today. You know? Sounds like something Michael Scott would say. I'm trying. I can't. You, I'm sure, can quote this. Uh, but uh, what, there, I seem to remember him saying something about consternation or slightly. Or, 
Do you know? Going, do you remember that? I, I'm trying to think. Of, there's been lots of things he said that don't make sense. Like, yeah, he, like cutting off your nose to spider face. <laughs> that spider face. <laughs> yeah, no. He, he said something about uh, that. No, there's no consternation here. Just slight sternation. Or uh, that's not what it was. But it was along those lines where he just made up a word uh, in that sense. But yeah, the words like unprecedented. I saw somebody commenting the other day. The worst word of 2021 is pivot. Yeah, uh, there's a word that I would not like to hear again, but we're going to be hearing stuff like that for the next, the foreseeable future, especially when you see what is happening in both Ontario and Quebec. And I know we're going to get into this a bit more through the morning at 6.37 and at 8.07, but you, when you texted me yesterday what's happening in Quebec, I thought, wow, that didn't take, uh, <laughs> things turned fast in yeah. Quebec. And it's hard to keep up, right? Like, first of all, in the afternoon, I was texting you, and I was thinking of Jeff Braun because um, he's he's uh, trying to see some family this weekend, and anyone who went away to see family at Christmas might have a struggle because WestJet's had to consolidate a bunch of its flight. They just don't have the staff to keep up with things, right? And so travel could get dicey again in the days ahead, all sorts of people complaining about that. And then... We were talking throughout the morning yesterday about, well, what do you do if you're sick and you're staying home and you need to isolate and you're a close contact, but there's a growing number of COVID positive? How do businesses and all the rest keep up? And so these different provinces are doing different things. Ontario's changing the vaccination rules, so or sorry, the isolation rules, so that if you're vaccinated in that province, you no longer have to isolate for 10 days, you just isolate for five. So that's a change that might help in some circumstances, although it's been criticized. And then in Quebec, my gosh, if you had New Year's Eve plans tonight, they're gone. There's a curfew in place in Quebec, 10 p.m. tonight. No private gatherings, all in-home gatherings are now banned. They are extending the school year much the same way Manitoba does, or sorry, the school break, so that kids don't go back to school right away. And they're, they're, that is now the place. Manitoba likes to say, oh, we've got tough restrictions Quebec is now home to the toughest restrictions in the country, and I I don't know how they're going to go over the next 24 hours. And it, it doesn't seem to matter where you go or who you talk to. Everybody's asking the same question. Are we going to end up shutting things down in Manitoba once again? And, uh, you know, the the hospitalization is the, the key number. Our cases could continue to skyrocket, but if the hospitalizations don't go don't follow suit then maybe we can hold the line a little bit here but uh, like i got in the cab this morning and the guy says what do you think are we going to shut things down and i i just you know i i obviously i don't have a crystal ball and i don't know what the right answer is um because it i i know more people in the last two weeks who have gotten COVID 19 than in the last 22 months and that's not that you can't ignore that it's absolutely, it, it really is feeling like it's everywhere, right? You know way more people that now have it than you ever have before. And if you, they don't have it, they're a close contact. And so, yeah, they need to limit the spread, but they also have to find a way to keep things moving. And there's that balance you always hear about between healthcare and the economy and mental health and all the rest. So I don't know if more is coming. I got asked that. I think it's funny how people, like we we talk about the news a lot and we're obviously very invested in it, Brett. But I don't know anything more than the average person. What do you think is more coming? Like I don't know. Sure, yes, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's very hard to. And now more than ever, I'm confused because there's different rules coming into place in different provinces. There was a time, you know, in say the second wave and the third wave that we we did a lot of the same things Canada wide, and now Quebec hitting the hammer down on gatherings. 
uh, as of tonight. Ontario changing the rules. You can't get a test, a PCR test in Ontario, unless you're a vulnerable person or already in hospital. They're completely changing the testing rules there. Just all sorts of things that are giving you pause for, should we do that? Can we do that? Why would we do that? So we'll talk to a local physician after 8. We'll chat more about this after 6.30. And just because it's so important to me to quote Michael Scott correctly, Brett, I am not, these are not disgruntled employees. Everyone here is extremely gruntled. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is back on Tuesday. Coming up after Global News at 7 o'clock, we're going to speak to one of our listeners who contacted us yesterday to share her extreme frustration in trying to get a PCR test at uh, the Nairn Avenue site. Uh, so we're thankful she contacted us and she's going to share her story after Global News at 7. And in our next segment, we are talking about the things that we're grateful for for 2021, the things that were good in this year. And Brenda has already weighed in, Loren. Yeah, and I think this is such a great chat because it's so easy to be negative as we leave 2021 behind. But man, even if I think back to my own year, there's been a lot of positive to it. So we're trying to find that today. And Brenda said, I'm grateful for 2021 as I became a grandma for the first time to a sweet little girl. Best Aww. feeling ever. So yes, keep those texts coming. Lots of things I'm sure out there to be grateful for. It hasn't been easy, but I, you know, we always try to find the positive and that's a perfect example. Congratulations, Brenda. Indeed. Congratulations, Brenda, to you and your family. I, I look kind of like I'm, uh, like I'm expecting Loren, but I think that's just because yeah. I ate a little too much yesterday. So I, I, I'm not a, into New Year's resolutions, but uh, the timing is just coincidental uh, that I do need to make some changes. Tonight. I'm always into them only because I get to this point in the year where I've been so gluttonous and like not moving. And basically, if I didn't have stairs in this house, the exercise would be extremely limited. So <laughs> the New Year's resolution has to be, it doesn't have to be lose weight. It just has to be, find a way to be a bit more active. Yeah, I've been trying so hard, but my dad sent me home with pumpkin pie this week. So it's kind of like game over, man. When there's pumpkin pie in the house, uh, I can't stop myself. I just can't. So um, we'll get more into that in our next segment. But right now, we want to look east as more restrictions are coming in place in Quebec as Ontario looks to reduce the isolation period for those who are symptomatic. So both provinces, I mean, pretty much everywhere and right around the world is dealing with a serious surge in COVID. It's not much different than what we're going through here in Manitoba. And so, of course, similar to Manitoba, Ontario and Quebec are also struggling with long lineups for testing. But as you said, Brett, they're taking very different approaches. So we'll get into what Ontario is doing in a moment. But first, in Quebec, that curfew is back. It kicks in tonight, New Year's Eve, 10 p.m. Everyone must be home at 10 p.m. And you can't go home and have a few people over. Gatherings in homes are also banned. Schools and universities are also closed in that province until January 17th. And retail. So stores are also making changes in an effort to help with staffing shortages. Here's Quebec Premier Francois Legault. This is why we've also decided to close stores for the next three Sundays. This will help shops that are short of employees. I also ask everyone to get their third dose of vaccine as soon as possible. That makes all the difference. 
I know that the restrictions are difficult. And know, I know there's a lot of anxiety. If you're not feeling well, it's important to ask for help. We have to take care of each other. But I still want to wish all Quebecers help and happier news for 2022. Thank you. So Quebec is closing shops on Sunday so that businesses can more easily staff other days of the week. Just yesterday we were talking about how difficult it must be for some businesses and employees given the rising test positivity rate and the sheer number of people who must just must be calling in sick. Long waits for test results certainly are not helping. So again, after 7, we're going to chat with a Winnipegger who has quite the story on her own wait. Meanwhile, in Ontario, and this is where things get interesting, if you're COVID positive and fully vaccinated, you only have to isolate for five days instead of the standard 10. And so it's a move that could get people back to work sooner, but it's also being heavily criticized because people, you know, need to make sure they don't have symptoms still and and that they're not positive before they go back to work. But to find out whether you're positive or not in that province, well, rules are also changing for testing. As Global's Sean O'Shea explains, PCR tests are now being limited to the most vulnerable. We know there's widespread community activity. No one's covering that up. Not covering up future positive case counts, says the province's chief medical officer of health, who announced that from now on, most people won't be eligible for government-funded COVID-19 testing, even if they have symptoms. Will no longer be required or encouraged to get a confirmatory PCR or rapid molecular test. And there will be no testing for asymptomatic individuals in the community. The province's testing system has been pushed hard the last few weeks. This was the lineup outside Michael Guerin Hospital's testing centre today. Many here hoping test results can guide their plans. We both have symptoms and uh, we're pretty concerned if we're going to have a New Year Eve or we should stay home. Some are trying to confirm positive rapid test results. I want to get like a confirmatory test on the PCR. If I confirm that I'm positive, I'm not going to go to work. I don't want to spread it. I don't want to give it to anybody. It is very frustrating. This healthcare worker's tested positive. His wife and three kids have been waiting eight days for results that haven't shown up yet. You don't have really clear Uh, guidance and what to do next. Instead of testing, Dr. Moore says people should now just assume they're positive. If you have symptoms of COVID-19 and are not eligible for a PCR test and do not have access to a rapid antigen test, you should assume that you have COVID-19 and isolate according to our revised guidelines. Isolation for most vaccinated people is down to just five days from 10. The change in testing rules will almost certainly reduce the number of positive cases reported each day. I asked Dr. Moore if that was part of the plan. Oh, I can assure you, Sean, if we had the capacity, we would offer the testing. This is a finite capacity. I don't think anywhere in the world has that capacity. Uh, So uh, this is not to cover up. Dr. Kieran Moore twice used the term uh, no cover up with respect to the questions I asked about these changes, which will now mean that individuals will decide based on their symptoms whether they are positive. The main point here is that if they are positive, there's no official way for that number now to be recorded in the system. So the Center for Disease Control in the States, it announced these new quarantine guidelines earlier this week, recommending that people who were positive but vaccinated reduce their isolation time from 10 days to five, Brett. And a lot of critics have fired back at this and health officials saying, hang on, like, that's okay as long as you don't have symptoms. And 
hopefully you're able to do another rapid test just to make sure you're negative. And there's been a lot of people even making fun of those rules, saying like they're missing a key step. You still have to be negative to no longer isolate. And how would you know that? Like a lot of memes have been popping up on social media saying the CDC now recommends you just stop and drop. You don't have to roll and, you know, that kind of thing. Just, and, and, and they're not, I mean, they're making fun of it, but they're, but they're making a point like you know, there's certain steps that still have to be accounted for. So stop, drop and don't roll. Stop, isolate, but don't make sure you're negative. We're going to ask Dr. Gigi Osler after eight o'clock her thoughts on some of these new guidelines in other parts of the country. And you can read more on both Quebec and Ontario, what's happening in those provinces at globalnews.ca. And I've linked stories to both of those and uh, on our Instagram at 680CJOB. So we'd love for you to follow us there if you don't already. And in a moment, what was good about 2021 in your world? McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is back on Tuesday. We want to talk about 2021 and what was good about 2021. I know the instinct might be to say good riddance 2021. And that's exactly what I did this morning. It's the first thing I said to Loren McNabb on text. Good riddance 2021. But for our chat today, let's discuss what was good. Like what made you happy? What are you thankful for? Could be something personal that's happened in your life. Or maybe it's just something frivolous or fun. Like, hey, I really liked that movie Shang-Chi. So tell, text us at 204-780-6868. That was a really good movie, by the way. Wow, okay. It's now available on Disney Plus in their enhanced IMAX perspective, no less. So anyway, let's go around the horn here. We got, is the Clay Man in the booth in for Jeff Braun? I'm here. I'm here. Well, let's start with Clay Young. Uh, you know, I was thinking about, it's funny you should ask this. I was thinking about this on the way home um, from work yesterday. What do I have to be thankful for 2021? You know, I don't know about, I don't know, I, I, I seriously, I don't know about you guys, but it, the, the year just was a blur. It was just a blur. And it went by so fast. Uh, but I was thinking, okay, um, I got a wonderful wife who loves and supports me. Tick. Still got a lot of friends that love me. Tick. Correct. Um, I seem to be in pretty good health. My doctor, who I never can get in to see anymore, does this virtual physical. You're fine. Tick. But you haven't even seen me. You're fine. Get out. <laughs> I'm ending this Zoom call. Boop. Um, still got a great job that I, that I love. Still enjoy my job. Um, tick. <laughs> I listened to uh, Tristan Phil Jones, bless his heart, and he said, Clay, man, you got to get out to Steep Rock. So I finally drove out there, and I, I loved it because he had his, you know, staycation features. And I went out there, and I did a lot of traveling around the province. I never left the country. I never left Manitoba uh, this year, and I loved to travel, so that was a bit of a downer. But all in all, I guess it was it was okay. It was you know okay. It was good. Okay. Yeah. Teak. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Clay that the 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 year has went by quick, but it's all such a blur. Like it was. Um, somebody, I, there was somebody pointed out on social media that uh, just a reminder: this picture is only a year old. It's that Bernie Sanders picture, yes. the one, and I oh, thought God, that's yeah. only a year old. Yes, it feels Not like even. an eternity ago. 
Yeah, that'll be January 2022 where that becomes a year yeah. old, where he's just sitting there all curmudgeonly in his parka and his mitts watching the inauguration of Joe Biden. And that turned into so many memes. I photoshopped that- him in a, in a photo <laughs> I was at. You did Photoshop? Yes, over at MTC. I, I put a, there's a picture of me sitting there outside of Manitoba Theater Center and I put Bernie right next to me on the bench. <laughs> I, I, Clay, man, I'm I'm just I'm just impressed that you know how to do Photoshop. Well, I was I was just jumping on the bandwagon. I'm seeing everybody's on the Bernie uh, bandwagon. I thought I got to get Bernie in here somewhere. Where can I? Oh, right next to the man. He's everywhere. <laughs> Cam Poitras is at home, and uh, he joins us now. Hello there, Mr. Poitras. Yeah, you know, it has been a blur. And I, hey, came, uh, Clay, Matt, I miss you. I mean, we were, of course, socially distanced, uh, but we were stuck together this whole entire pandemic uh, up until this point. But I'm at home. But I miss you, Clay, man. But um, uh, we love you here. <laughs> you know, I'll just I'll say this. I'm sitting in a room right now with all of my my wonderful wedding gifts and, and everything that everybody um, gave to me. And the, the year has been a blur, but I was uh, on August 22nd. I married the love of my life. So, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It was a pretty good year. Oh, that's nice. Plus, you, you got into the Schwitz this year. Yeah, I got into Schwitzing. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Oh, Loren. Side I had note, he loves of, a great had, steam. Yeah, I had one heck of a schwitz uh, on Friday night, and I'll tell you this, it put me right out. I went to sleep. I had a fantastic sleep. I had a good good sweat. Great sweat. Ooh, getting a good sweat. Uh, I never told you this. I've only been into work one week this entire year, and every day that I saw Cam, I just pictured him in some sort of like ancient Greek loincloth schwitz situation where i was like i cannot look at you the same without just picturing you sweating it out in some sauna or steam bath somewhere yeah i also forgot brett and and and, uh, forche we were also uh pandemic pals too as well so i miss you guys as well oh we miss you too cam it stinks that you got to be working at home but hey oh and by the way cameron pointers featured in the winnipeg free press yesterday uh looking very mightily serious in your photograph Mm. wow they took ones a couple of me smiling but i guess they like that one the best yeah, you look you look very um uh, I got to check that out. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. It's like a commander in that I was in, in the Jewish picture. post a little while ago, so I don't know, no one picked that one up too. Okay. Um <laughs> 40. Oh, well, you know what? 2021, I turned 30. So did Cam. Me too, yeah. Oh, we're 30. Is is that something to be thankful for? Sure. <laughs> okay, well then I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm also thankful that, you know, I get to end this year with Clay. Clay is right here, right by my side. It's a, <laughs> such a pleasure. You know, he puts a smile on my face. He makes me laugh. I'm just thankful. You know, I'm just I'm thankful for so many things. I'm thankful for good health and uh getting into better shape. And I started that this year and I want to continue that. Eating better, getting the junk out of my life. So, uh, positivity. There you go. Good for you, Mr. Forte. Loren, what about you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, there's been lots of challenges, but it's been a good year. I did get to see some family. I still have gone a couple years without seeing my sister, and I miss her so much. And I haven't seen some of my nieces and nephews in a couple years because of travel requirements, but I have been able to see other family members. And honestly, I can't believe I'm going to say this. If you knew me and my outright dislike for animals and pets a few years ago you would not believe i'm gonna say this but as moose was frolicking in the snow 
just as happy as he could be with the kids yesterday and chasing them and knocking them down and eating snow like he's never eaten it and then going back to try it again just in case it tastes differently than it did 10 seconds ago and then <laughs> try it again just in case, oh, that's a new pile of snow. Could be different over here. I thought, darn it all, this damn dog is a joy. So there you go. A lot of my photos now include that pup and... uh I hope he can't hear me because I do yell at him off. <laughs> Dogs are the best. Animals are the best. McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off until Tuesday. Hey, that extreme cold has some Manitobans thinking about ice fishing, or perhaps thinking about it a little bit more. So we'll talk about that later on this morning at 9.35. And in a moment, we're going to speak to a Winnipegger who shared with us a rather frustrating experience trying to get a COVID test uh, yesterday, but or a couple of days ago. But before that, we're asking you to tell us what was good about 2021. And Loren, Debbie weighing in. Debbie says one of the best parts of 2021 and 2020 was finally getting to know some of our neighbors, resulting in new, close-knit friendships. And I've actually heard that from a lot of people because you had to keep your circle small and you might have just been out in your yard more or in the front yard or talking on the driveway. A lot of people form special bonds with their neighbors over the past couple of years. I have to add that to the list as well, Brad. It's been a great couple of years to get to know people in my community. And is this one from, oh, pardon me, from Shannon, who says, three years ago, I lost my mobility. I'm 42 this year, and I was able to finally have the surgery to walk again. I can drive again. I was finally able to see my kids play ringette. I returned to work, and I got my life back. That's what I'm thankful for for 2021. Shannon, that's outstanding and wonderful news. Thank you very much for sharing. And what does Todd say, Loren? Well, listen. We should always have this on the list. Todd says, 2021? Oh, yeah. Grey Cup repeat champs. Yeah. Blue Bombers. That's what Todd's grateful for. And we don't care if it's like Shannon's text is so beautiful. I think people who are talking about their family and their friends and, oh, the kids are such a joy in our lives. Like all sorts of great reasons. But, hey, Blue Bombers can be on that list, too. For Favorite sure. movies can be on that list. Songs that you liked or that came into your life or whatever. Make it anything. I really like that K-pop song by BTS, a song called Butter. It's a, it's a fun song. It was a great it song. It's fun. You're right, actually. <laughs> you know what I'm, I hope to never hear again, though, on the opposite end, is that coffee song. Is it, was that, did that come out this year or last year? Have a cup of coffee for your head. But no, not ringing any bells. No. This is oh. the first time hearing of it. Oh, okay, well, I'm going to send it to Forchick. Every time it comes on, I scream at the radio. Okay, I gotta look this okay. up. Wow, coffee okay, song. It. Okay, that, <laughs> in the meantime, look, uh, we know many of you have had extraordinarily long waits for testing and long waits for results. Yeah, and we've know that the experience can be different depending on where you live. You know, some Manitobans have stories of waiting days for results. Others have had results back in 24 hours. And then there's the experience of our next guest, who is also one of our listeners. She texted to share how she and her daughters tested positive for COVID using a rapid test. And then after waiting on hold for four hours with health links, they were advised to go get a PCR test to confirm. Well, they tried to do that yesterday, but the advice only got them so far. Chrissy Skelding joins us now. Good morning, Chrissy. Good morning. Well, thanks for taking the time for sharing your story via that text first yesterday and then joining us now. I, I wanted to start with just the rapid test that you and your 
daughter's first chip. What symptoms were you experiencing or what led you to take those tests? Um, I started feeling, excuse me, ill on Monday, um, just body aches, pains, just not feeling myself. And then by Tuesday, I couldn't get out of bed. Um, so Wednesday, I and, and my youngest daughter started to uh, feel sick as well, and she developed a pretty bad cough. Um, so actually, I got an email from the Y, which uh, we're members of, and um, they were giving out tests to members. So my husband picked up a box, and um, I really didn't think I had COVID. <laughs> um, but we all took the test, and to my surprise, uh, three of us were positive. And uh, which one of you were positive in the house? Um, myself, uh, my 10-year-old, and uh, my 17-year-old. So you got the, uh, the the positive tests, and then what did you do? You called HealthLinks after that? Yeah, called HealthLinks, um, waited on hold for four and a half hours, um, and they said we need to go for a PCR uh, test. Um, so the next morning we woke up bright and early because I, I know the lines have been really long, um, and we got in line at 7.45, um, and after almost two and a half hours in line, we were told that they were only handing out rapid tests at that location. They were no longer performing the PCR testing. Yeah, and they made that change and announcement sort of like through the midway through the week, Chrissy. And I think that would have caught many people by surprise if they were hoping for that PCR. And particularly because you said HealthLinks advised you to go get the PCR, but then you get to the PCR testing site and they're only help handing out rapid tests. So yeah. now what? Like, what was there advice for what you're supposed to do next, or do you just assume you have COVID and hunker down? Um, well, they gave us. Um uh, the website and a number um, to phone to book a PCR test. Um, so I tried to book a, uh, a test right away, and the earliest appointment I could get was January 7th. Um, so I thought if I called the number, maybe they, there were earlier tests or, you know, maybe it was wrong. Um, and they advised me that, no, that was the earliest uh, appointment. Um, and I asked if it would there would be any point in being tested in eight days. Um, and they said they didn't know. So um, we're booked, but um, I'm hoping things will change. And um, I don't know if they have to open more sites or what. My husband actually phoned um, another number, um, a general inquiries number that he found yesterday. Um, and they were unaware um, that uh, Naren was no longer doing PCR testing. Um, and she advised my husband to maybe go to the Main Street location and ask people that were exiting the building whether or not they were giving PCR tests inside. The advice was to go to another site and just ask other Manitobans what, what was going on. Yes, because they could not be sure if that location was doing PCR testing as well, or if they were doing it at all. When you went oh, to the uh, Naren, when you went to the Naren site, um, and you said you waited uh, like two hours and forty five minutes, did you? When you found out about the PCR test, was that like when you actually got up to the front of the line, or did somebody come well, down through the line? No, when we drove into the building. Okay. Because um, I've been to that location previously for testing, um, and yeah, we got inside, and they just asked how many people are in the vehicle and handed us boxes of tests, and I'm like, no, we've already done the rapid test. We're here for a PCR test. And she said, well, we're not doing them here any longer. Um, and the funny thing is the piece of paper they gave us um, with the boxes, um, the, it says right on here, if the test is positive, return to a testing site for confirmatory PCR testing. It doesn't give you any locations or a phone number or a website. 
that was yep. um, separate information she had given me once I, you know, told her how surprised I was. The information is very frustrating, Christy. I can appreciate that. just what you might be feeling. Before we let you go, how is everybody feeling in your home right now? You sound a little hoarse this morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely better. Um, I, weak. I can't, you know, I feel like I can get up and do stuff, and then I do, and I'm tired. Um, my son and uh, other daughter have now pe- tested positive, but they have very mild symptoms. Uh, my 10-year-old's kind of got the worst of it. She's only had one vaccination and um her cough got quite bad and had to be put on some steroids and stuff but she's she's improving as well so that's good chrissy we're sorry that you, you i mean it's a it, it gong show it's an absolute gong yeah. show and uh it feels like the first wave not the fourth or fifth whatever we're in <laughs> but we thank you for sharing your story with us we appreciate you uh joining us this morning and we hope that uh you all feel better and um you, you can get back to some sort of normal Thank you very much. Okay. Chrissy Skelding joining us live on 680 CJOB. One of our listeners sharing her frustrating story of trying to get a PCR test to confirm the rapid test. Hey, it's that BTS song I mentioned, Loren. Butter. Yeah, this is a good one. I'm trying to find my coffee song. <laughs> I feel like that may be hallucinated and made it up, but I'll, uh, I'll get it to you. I'm getting it to you, Fort J. Who is this? I don't know. I really don't know. I found the song, but I don't know. It comes on all the time. And then a rap part kind of gets... Yeah. Oh, boy. It's on. Okay. It was on all the time. Yeah, I think I, re- I do remember this. And the reason why I couldn't think of it is because when I would have, whenever I would hear this, I would immediately turn it off. Right. <laughs> whenever I'm in a bad mood, I'm like... Your, your, the rendition you did, though, is extraordinary. Well done, Loretta. Just well put done. on your most annoying voice possible and sing to this. Red is 2021, and it's going to be 22. Go. What are you thankful for this year, my friend? 2021 uh, was a good year for me at restaurants. If you look at my Instagram, it will not take you long to find a picture of some yummy food I'm eating somewhere. I spent a lot of time at The Grove. Uh, one of my favorite places, and uh, oh, a tough break for them this week. A car crashed into the, the front of the, the restaurant, so hopefully they can get that fixed and, and get back on their feet. Uh, Finns, we speak to Jay Kilgore from Finns all the time. I visited uh, his location on Grant a couple of times. East India Company, their butter chicken is so good. Frank, Joe Aiello's place, Frankie's, um, places like Magic Bird Fried Chicken. I visited Bistro on Notre Dame for the first time this year. Of course, Santa Lucia Pizza, which I'm probably having tonight. Uh, but uh, most of all, uh, of course, is the King's Head, which I think sort of happened out of because we were also speaking to Chris Graves from the King's Head from time to time through this pandemic. So when they reopened back in February, I was the first customer through the door, and I've been there every Friday ever since. And it's like cheers. You know, sometimes you want to go where everyone knows your name. And uh, they very much feel like family now. So um, I'm super, super thankful for that. Um, not thankful for the slight weight gain. I've ah, got to lose 10 to 15 pounds. But, you uh, have not. You look great. And they should be thankful for you, man. 
I mean, you got no money left in that wallet, but <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. I spent so much money on takeout and restaurants this year. You know that line care. in your credit card bill where it shows you what you you're like? Why are you breaking this down for me, Visa? I don't need to know. <laughs> like, Why did you not, spend three hundred dollars yeah. on fried chicken this month? And there's no line in there that says wise investments. It's just nonsense. Like what? Why don't they just call the category nonsense? <laughs> Hey, uh, coming up in sports, Cam Poitras says postponed games are helping to fill holes in the Jets roster. Details after we check your forecast on CJOB. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see. Troubles are all the same You want to be where everybody knows your name Mr. Fortier, what do you got for us this week? Can't quite see. He always keeps the lights out. Right, so I can't see the shamed look on his face. I'll never let go. (laughs) Uh, That music typically means it's time for the couch potatoes to assemble, but Jeff Braun is now off today and for the next week. So it's just me and I'm. But before we get into uh, what is new this weekend, and there's a big one new this weekend, uh, Loren, I know you love The Office and that's your go-to show and you've also mentioned Modern Family is another sort of comfort blanket for you. But I know you watch uh, the odd new show here and there. Is there anything that stood out in the year 2021 for you on TV? Yeah, and I'm not sure if any of these are new shows. It just was more that you were looking for things to watch, right? And so I got into Big Little Lies that has Reese Witherspoon, uh, Nicole Kidman, and a bunch of really great actors in that. The director of that first series actually passed away this week, which was shocking news, I know, from anybody. It was a great, great TV show. More recently, I got into Veep, which is, um, why am I forgetting her name? Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. and it was both amazing and awful. Like, I laughed so hard, but it was also one of those shows when you binge watch things, you get sick of certain quirks or characters or what have you. And she's just a truly awful woman, vice president, president, whatever. And so there were points where I was like, oh my God, you are too, it's too, you're too mean. You're too awful. But it's a clever, clever, funny show. Veep, you know what, if you like Veep, and I know one of the things that uh, is so great about Veep, and I've only watched a few episodes, and I don't know why I haven't gotten on board with it, but they really, like the the way they use obscenity and the, the way they cut each other down, it's poetry. It is just poetic, and HBO's Succession is kind of similar that way. It's a drama yeah. about this awful family of billionaires uh, engaged in a power struggle at the top of this company. But the way they cut each other down is just magnificent. And it borders on comedy. And actually, Jeff Braun, because it's one of his favorite shows, one of both of our favorite shows of 2021, but he pulled this clip. Um, <laughs> I'll just play it. Oh, you know what? Hang on a second. You got to turn on the computer to play it, Brett. Okay, let's try it again. Tom, hey, Brett. do you mind chatting with Comfrey? I want to check in on the princess. 
the princess now? I thought she was a contessa. Yeah, but I guess through her dad, she's like eighth in line for the throne of Luxembourg. Eighth in line? Greg, you marry her, you're plane crash away from becoming Europe's weirdest king. Don't be silly. <laughs> Dude, you off a couple of hemophiliacs and you'll be the king of Luxembourg. You'd sound like a fancy cookie. <laughs> oh, boy. I, you know, it's so funny you mentioned that. I just started watching that the other night, and that is absolutely a show I could see myself uh Waking up at three in the morning, wondering why I wasn't well, not going to bed. Basically, that could keep me up. Yeah, it's a good one. And Brian Cox, who plays uh, Logan Roy, the head, the the patriarch, he actually people will walk up to him on the street and ask him to uh, to swear at them. So because he he does it so well in that show. So Succession is a good one. And you also watched Yellowstone, didn't you? Yes, I got into it, then got out of it, and then just finished or got caught up again to season four basically it sounds like that's all i've been doing is watching tv but i will often yeah i like yellowstone that is amazon prime it's really dark though and so it's the same way i felt about veep at some point where you just think these people are too awful for me to be invested in and it's just kind of gets to be too much but i will often i know people go on walks and listen to music i often will put on a show and sometimes it's hard to follow along depending on the kind of show but that's that's how i will do things like i might have it playing on bluetooth or when i'm doing a chore it'll be on the background or i'll or i'll got caught up on that this week you know we were ripping out our floor upstairs and that's what i had in my ear was finishing yellowstone so yeah that was a good show okay so the couch potatoes top 20 tv shows is now available in podcast or you can listen to it uh, let me just pull got the schedule here for our holiday programming the couch potatoes so uh normal time it'll be on its normal time at noon tomorrow and then you can also catch it again uh sunday morning at eight o'clock and we also have our best of the rest which we did a couple of weeks ago where we just sort of looked at all the other stuff that we liked in 2021 but couldn't fit into the top 20 so that's available on podcast as well and uh, i can shoot you a link if you want just send us a text and i can get you the links for that also got to tell you what's new this weekend and i'm super excited about this because new on netflix right now it's time to head Back to the mat of karate. If Johnny and I can actually work together and we win, Cobra Kai will be out of business. We gotta take things to the next level. Eagles do not respond. They swoop down and take whatever they want. First, you gotta learn how to fly. Come on, we're gonna get sued here. Uh, sue me for what? (laughs) Tighten that cord. Cobra Kai Season 4. Yes! The continuation of the Karate Kid story as primarily told through the eyes of the villain from the original film, Johnny Lawrence. So Season 4, and the, the, <laughs> the poster for this is just hilarious. I love how, because this show very much knows it's a silly show. So like the poster uh, for it says, Fight for the Soul of the Valley. So it sees Daniel LaRusso's Miyagi Do Dojo join forces with Johnny's Eagle Fang Dojo <laughs> to take down the eagle, evil Cobra Kai at the tournament. Whoever loses has to quit forever. And this season, Daniel's rival is tough guy Terry Silver from the Karate Kid 3, who joins forces with Kreese to help Cobra Kai. I, I don't know... I'm sort of ashamed of this because I loved the the original Karate Kid. I probably watched it 25 times when I was a kid. I don't remember the Karate Kid Part 3. Did you watch these movies? Uh, the first one, and I want to say the second one. Yeah, where he goes to Okinawa. He, but I don't, 
I don't remember the third, but I have, we have watched Cobra Kai in this house. And I wonder if they are all shocked at how successful this show has been. And if there hadn't been a pandemic where people were like, well, got nothing better to do. I might as well watch Cobra Kai if it would have been as successful. They must be thrilled that it got picked up on Netflix because it was originally a show on YouTube and it, right. it received massive critical acclaim, but no one was watching it. And then Netflix picks it up and suddenly it just blows up uh, and it's made them all stars again. Crease has appeared in commercials, yeah. uh, which I don't think he ever would have imagined. So yeah, it's a, it's it really is a good show. It, it shouldn't be, but it's fun. It's heartwarming. It's got some great drama and some pretty cool karate fights. Uh, so some of them actually quite violent, so just adds up for that. But uh, that's available on Netflix right now. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling is back on Tuesday. What's Stephanie have to say about what she was grateful for in 2021? My most memorable part of 2021 was my husband and I got married. It was small, but amazing. We were able to have my grandparents there, and my sister-in-law and our niece and nephew were also able to come from B.C., we hadn't seen them in two years. It was very special. Small, but amazing. Doesn't always have to be huge, right? Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you very much indeed. And keep those texts coming. We want to keep sharing those through the morning. And don't forget that KK told us yesterday that connecting Winnipeg today from 10 until 12 is going to be a COVID-free zone, at least outside of the newscasts. But uh, she was looking forward to that. Not yesterday, right? Not <laughs> yesterday, but today. And, and, and hey, that could change, you know. Like so many things are changing so rapidly again right now with with rules and how things work for testing and what other parts of the country and the world are doing. So there's lots to discuss, but she's hoping, hoping to keep things positive and light as we end 2021 and look forward to 2022. Now, our question of the day at cjob.com has to do with just that. It's brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace, 204-832-6243. So the question that went up uh, yesterday morning, by the way, uh, was if you need to stay home and self-isolate for 10 days, does your workplace require a COVID test result? And on Twitter, this was a real horse race. I don't think I've ever seen a result this tight where 34% said yes, 34% said no, and 32% said yikes, I'm not sure. But uh, the question that went up on the website in the afternoon, do you make New Year's resolutions? 12% say yes, but I never keep them. 7% say yes, and I'm good at keeping them. And 81% said no, just <laughs> no. So where do you fall on the, the whole New Year's resolution thing, Loren? Oh, every year it's the same. I honestly do make them, but not in like a proclamation kind of way. They don't go into my diary at night. I don't have a diary, but, you know, I'm not writing them <laughs> down uh, or declaring to the world what I'm going to try to do. But I do always, honestly, it's impossible for me to get through the holiday season and Christmas and all the rest without feeling like a big blob. And so I do wake up January 1st and say commitment to being healthier and a bit more fitness and all the rest. And am I good at keeping them? I'm with the 11% category. <laughs> but I can get to like January 27th, you know, a solid 27 days. Yeah. No, that's fair. And I, I'm the same with the uh, – I, I have done my best not to overindulge over the past month. Uh, I've actually been trying to lose weight. I picked a heck of a time of year to try to lose <laughs> weight because it was it – was, uh, I think it was within three weeks – of the end of golf season where I, I gained like five pounds, an extra five pounds like that. 
And so I've been trying to get rid of that weight, but I sort of, you know, I'm kind of like a teeter-totter and the month of December is difficult to if you're trying to lose weight. So I've just I've been trying to avoid snacking and whatnot, but uh, I do need to drop about 10 to 15 pounds, but that's not a New Year's resolution. That's just a timing thing like this. You know, had I gained that weight in July, I would have said, right. OK, I got it. I got to get rid of that. And it's been slowly climbing, but it's just in the last couple of months where it's really jumped up. So I do need to do that. But, yeah, I, I used to try to make the resolutions. You know, I'm going to quit smoking on January 1st. Back when I smoked, never took, never took. Um, I've never done the I'm going to get a gym membership as a New Year's resolution sort of thing. I remember being a member at a gym and going in that first week of January and thinking, good Lord, there's oh, no yeah. machines left. Like, who are all these people? Yes. No, Januaries are pretty funny. I do think there are a ton of people. I'm I'm kind of surprised that there is only, if you add those totals together, 18% of our listeners who say they make them, given what you usually see in January, you know, people out running, people at the gym, people doing all sorts of things, doing their dry Januaries or what have you. I, I hear a lot of that. But it usually tapers off by by February. You get to February to gym, and it's a whole different scenario. Yep. Yeah, it's like, ah, okay, all those people are gone, and we're back to normal. So I guess, you know how retail relies on the Christmas season for to make all their money? I wonder if gyms, if, like, New Year, the New Year is their sort of time, right, where they make... <laughs> yeah, like they have side sales and turkeys just to get people to eat more turkey and then sign up for a gym membership. <laughs> Like the guy selling, the guy pimping out gravy at a store also owns a gym. <laughs> sure you don't want to add a side of gravy to this? McGarry and McNabb, Mackling is back on Tuesday, even though there's no global news morning this week. And Gabrielle Marchand is in for Lisa Dutton on the evening news at 6 o'clock. She's going to join us at 9.05 over the phone for our weekly Gab with Gabby. And we also just want to say thanks to all who are weighing in on the things that you are thankful for in 2021. We're getting some wonderful stories. And I just want to quickly read Rick's text because he's got a good, I like his approach on New Year's resolutions. Rick says, if I made a New Year's resolution, I would start it on February 30th. So I could wean myself off whatever I was trying to accomplish. I have to admit that took me a while to get. I was like, I don't get what his point is. I was like, right, right. There is there is no February 30th. <laughs> Smart play, Rick. I like it. Keep them coming. 204-780-6868. Look, um, my head has been spinning this week. More so than through this whole pandemic, because it is hard to keep up with all the different COVID rules in this province, let alone our neighbors to the east and west. Like Manitoba, many provinces are grappling with a rise in Omicron. So like Manitoba, they're looking to find ways to slow the spread. For example, Alberta, Ontario and Quebec all announced yesterday they're extending the holiday break for kids. Manitoba made that decision about a week ago. Kids here won't return to school until January 10th. Yeah, so I know there are calls and conversations for maybe even extending that further. But to be fair, we led the way on that decision, extending our holiday break for school kids. So what we're wondering this morning is that if we'll be looking to other provinces to see if we should follow moves that they made. You know, at 637, Brett, we were sharing with listeners how Quebec has imposed a curfew that goes into effect tonight. And private in-home gatherings are also banned in that province. And then in Ontario, there's huge changes to testing and isolation requirements. PCR tests are now being reserved for only the most vulnerable in Ontario. And 
if you are COVID positive but fully vaccinated in Ontario, you only have to isolate for five days instead of what's been to date that standard 10. Dr. Gigi Osler is an ear, throat, and nose surgeon at St. B and past president of the Canadian Medical Association. Good morning, Dr. Osler. Good morning. How are you guys? We're good. But as Brett said, you know, his head's spinning and it's kind of hard to keep up with all the different rules that people have in place in different provinces and, and including Manitoba. And so one of the things that really stuck out with me yesterday is that isolation requirement. The CDC in the States made a similar recommendation this week to cut isolation for COVID positive if fully vaccinated from 10 to 5. Is this something that we should be considering here? What are your thoughts on it? You know, it's really interesting. And, and you mentioned all the different uh, restrictions in the different provinces. And what we're seeing are different mitigation strategies based on how the virus is spreading locally, the vaccination status of the population, and healthcare capacity. And looking into some of the differing advice regarding isolation requirements, uh, the evidence that the public health officers are stating is that generally healthy people are most infectious two days before and three days after symptoms develop. But if you look at that in the context of what healthcare capacity is, and we're hearing and seeing more healthcare workers who are either off sick or in isolation, I suspect these decisions are being made, taking the best evidence that we know of, and these are in healthy vaccinated people, and adjusting it to what the local healthcare capacity is. So rules around testing keep changing. A few weeks ago, we were being told the PCR test is still the most accurate, but they're increasingly hard to get. So what should Manitobans mm-hmm. make of this? It, it, absolutely. And we're seeing right now healthcare capacity strength. You see it in terms of people lining up in their cars or outside in this frigid weather waiting for a PCR test. The labs are, aren't able to keep up with the demand, and the test hasn't changed. It still is the most sensitive test, but we're seeing the province pivot and the advice changing because the healthcare capacity is strained. So, you know, as we heard the other day Dr. Rusin say, if you're under 40 and you're healthy and you have symptoms, assume you're COVID positive, stay home, self-isolate. Or if you're at one of the sites, instead of getting a PCR test, you'll get a rapid antigen test and take it, be sent home. And that's good because then you know if you're positive or not, you can stay home, isolate. But that then also undercounts the number of cases that we have. So, you know, I think we're really at this critical point. Tomorrow's a new year, and I don't think January is going to be easy. But I do want our new year to start off with some hope and endurance. And I I really hope that if we can pull together, get cases down, because we are seeing hospitalizations go up, uh, we won't overwhelm the healthcare system further. So with that looking to hope, I almost don't want to ask this question, Dr. Osler, but when when we see what other jurisdictions are doing, it always leads to listeners saying, huh, I wonder if that's coming here. So when I look to Quebec and think about, you know, their ban on gatherings and and the curfew that they've put in place, and really they're the only province who's really done stuff like that Mm -hmm. in this whole pandemic, should we be doing more here on the restriction front? Or are you of the opinion, and what are you hearing among your colleagues in the hospital, that if if we stick to the current restrictions, we might be okay? 
we have never had a curfew here in Manitoba. So do I think one is coming here in Manitoba? Personally, no, I don't, but I'm not at that decision-making level. And Quebec is the only province that's um, instituted one, and many people are saying there's no scientific evidence to say it works. Would many of my frontline colleagues like to see more done? Yes, and you're hearing a lot of recommendations from public health, from doctors, from Doctors Manitoba saying, please go beyond what the current public health orders are stating right now. And that is part of my hope, that we will be able to do that. And, you know, especially over the weekend, reduce the number of people that we come in contact with. If you have to go out, wear a mask and wear a good mask. Stay home if you're sick. And most importantly, get vaccinated and boosted. And I think that's what's going to make this holiday different compared to last year. Because last year we didn't have the vast majority of the population vaccinated. And the more we can increase, or the more we can decrease the number of people we see, we can buy the system time to get more people vaccinated and boosted because that really is protective. Dr. Gigi Osler is an ear, throat and nose surgeon at St. Boniface Hospital and past president of the Canadian Medical Association. Dr. Osler, thank you very much for joining us and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year and stay safe, everyone. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling is back on Tuesday. It is the final day of 2021, and we appreciate all of the positive and happy texts that you've been sharing with us today. But we do need to shift our attention to something pretty scary. A devastating wildfire just outside of Denver has wiped out more than 580 homes and forced tens of thousands of people to evacuate. Evacuations were quick. In this audio, you can hear parents and children racing to get out of a Chuck E. Cheese as the flames moved in and extreme winds. Boulder County Sheriff Joe Pelly says hundreds of homes and buildings are gone, including a hotel. If anybody died, they don't know yet. Due to the magnitude of this fire, the intensity of this fire, and its presence in such a heavily populated area, we would not be surprised if there are injuries or fatalities. On Friday, heavy snow is expected, but it can't come soon enough. Alex Stone, ABC News. If you've seen any of the video of those fires, the pictures, they're just, they're incredible and they're heartbreaking. As you said, a hundred, tens of thousands, I think it's 30,000 people that were eventually evacuated in the end. Rick Bolin has joined us regularly over the past couple of years. He's from Manitoba, now living in Colorado, and, and we visit with him for all sorts of different perspectives on life in America. But this morning is a tough one, I know, for him and his friends. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Thank you for taking the time. I know it's still early there and you're still probably trying to sort out how everyone is doing, but take us through what's been happening in your community. Where were you as as wildfires swept through over the past 24 hours? Yeah, so the fires that we're talking about took place between Denver and Boulder. And that's an area that has been built up a lot in the last 25 years. And so the names that you're hearing now are Superior, Louisville, and then there was some there were some evacuations or pre-evacuations in Broomfield. So those are the communities that are most deeply affected. Now, when you're here, you have no idea when you've left Superior or when you've entered Louisville or when you've entered, well, Boulder has a little bit of a green belt around it. But as you make your way from those down into Denver, you have no idea when you've left one city and you've entered another. And I think 
a lot of your listeners are familiar with American metro areas where it turns out it's actually 15 cities, not one. Um, I live in the south metro area, um, but I, I compete in triathlon and I'm on a team, uh, Team Zoot, and my team captain was right in the middle of the evacuation. So between her and, and, uh, and just a lot of other folks that I know that live up there, um, it, it, I was like anyone else. I was just sitting in front of my TV wondering, like, what do you do? Like there's the wind is blowing at 100 miles an hour. What are you supposed to do? You can't put a fire out under those conditions. So what are you hearing then from uh, from your friends? Uh, how are they doing? Well, uh, very luckily, uh, it appears that my team captain's house uh, had, was saved. Uh, the fire made it all the way south into a major subdivision that she lives in, uh, but stopped on the major cross street about a quarter mile from her place. So they will not be allowed back into that area for two or three days. So they won't be able to get uh, confirmation that their house is safe. Um, But they are optimistic. Um, The technology that's being applied is just stunning. Um, NASA released uh, a map overnight showing exactly where the fire was uh, accurate to within six or eight feet. So you can get on there and see whether or not your home is inside of the fire area or outside of the fire area. And it, it, it's really, really spectacular. And, and so in, in many ways, we do, well, while people can't go and visit their homes, they can take advantage of a lot of this technology that's helping people get much better information much more quickly. But um, I, I heard in the intro uh, the number of, uh, I think it's 580 homes was the early count. And, and, and that was only a small part of Old Town Louisville and then one subdivision. Um, they stopped counting homes uh, at around 5 p.m. last night. The fire raged until at least, at least 9 p.m. So there was at least four hours of fire being whipped up by wind, going through tightly packed communities, uh, burning down homes that no one has even attempted to count yet. So I think just to warn people, you know, the number is going to be much closer to 2,000 homes lost. Um, and, and, and with 30,000 people evacuated, you know, it's not a surprise that the number is so substantial. But we, unfortunately, kind of the backstory here is we saw this coming in, in some ways. Um, we've always had very high winds here in Colorado because the mountains are right there. But we have had absolutely next to zero precipitation here in Colorado. So the Denver metro area set a record uh, for the latest measurable snow that we've ever recorded. Um, And that was after Thanksgiving. One morning we woke up and found what they refer to as a trace of measurable snow. Um, But by 10 a.m. it was gone. We, We had a little bit of rain uh, on Christmas Eve for uh, less than an hour. Um, but between the 1st of September and today, those are the only two times I can remember any precipitation at all. So everything is absolutely bone dry. We get those big winds, and I, and I bet many of your listeners have heard about the Santa Anita winds in California that's, that whip up their fires. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we had winds that were being measured at 117 miles an hour. So we're getting close to 200 kilometers an hour for wind, you know, um, or what, 180 or whatever that number would be. But it, it's when, when you're standing out in the wind of almost 200 kilometers an hour, everything around you is bone dry and, and a power line falls over. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there is really literally nothing you can do but run. And and that's really what yesterday was, was, was the authorities, the police, the fire and everyone, the governor just telling people to evacuate and we'll figure out what we do, how we fight this once the winds die down after the sun goes down. So as it stands right now, Rick, you're like, you're okay where you are. I'm good down in, in the South Metro area. I'm fine. It's, it's just knowing that a lot of my friends mm-hmm. who live in that area, um, even with the incredible maps that are being put up by NASA, um, it's just completely unclear whether or not, their house is still standing or whether the neighbor's house is still standing. And, and, and you see this, that some, some areas it'll be every home that's gone. And in other areas, the fire picks and chooses and, and people just don't know, you know, inside of those homes are the photographs that they didn't have a chance to evacuate. Right. It's the, it's the furniture that's been passed down through generations. It's, it's the memories um, that, that they didn't have a chance to grab before they before they ran out of the house right you you grab your pets you you uh you 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 know you grab your birth certificates you grab some of the important paperwork um and and you just literally run and um and and for people they just want to know like is that picture of my grandmother still there you know is that chair still there and and for a lot of folks here in 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 the in the metro area of denver it's it's going to be a very long couple of days as they just wait for news as to whether or not they've lost everything or there's still a chance that, that there's a little something of the precious memories left over. Rick, in terms of the precipitation, you said that uh, this has been a brutal year. Uh, was that similar in la- the around this time last year? No, no. We had an amazing start to the ski season last year where we got heavy snow early, both up in the mountains and down here, we, we got snow and it was, we had a good, good water conditions in, in the Denver area. Um, this year we're getting heavy snows up in the mountains. Like if you're thinking about coming skiing, this is the year to do it. I mean, we are, uh, two or three more feet up in the mountains today. Uh, and later today we will get our first proper snow in the Denver area. Um, Somewhere between 20 and 30 centimeters will fall on the fire area and across the whole metro area. Um, so we're going to get our first proper snow down here. Um, but we have been getting absolute, you know, last year, uh, ski areas were opened a week or two before American Thanksgiving. Um, there was tons of snow up in the mountains. Um, this year, there was no snow up in the mountains until very, very late. Uh, skiing conditions in early December were not good. Uh, but for the last two weeks, uh, we have been getting uh, tremendous snow at the ski areas and uh, having really incredible skiing. Um, so come the spring, there'll be great runoff to fill the reservoirs and there'll be plenty of water. Um, but we don't want to have to deal with fires again uh, down here in the metro area. And, and it's tough. I'm wondering, Rick, you know, this comes up often and you probably, because you're you used to live in Manitoba and you have such connections to Canada. You've heard how dry Manitoba was this year. And of course, BC had fires rip through communities there and then they had floods. And we talk often about extreme weather and climate change. And I know the warnings in, in Colorado have been there for a while that too many oh, yeah. people in your state are living in these fire prone areas. Are people, is this a sit up and pay attention to this kind of moment or are people just trying to get through the hours rather than look ahead to what could be coming next given global warming? 
Yeah, it, it definitely is. We are in that window where any discussion of why did this happen or whose fault is this, or it sounds a lot like victim blaming. So I don't think anyone is prepared to have those conversations yet. Um, but what what came together was was obviously the wind, which we can't do anything about, the total lack of precipitation, which uh, could be directly tied to the global climate change situation. But what do we do here in Colorado that uh, that reverses the global climate, right? So it's kind of the, yeah, well, we're going to need all of our global neighbors to participate if we're going to see uh, the precipitation patterns come back to a more normal thing here in Colorado. Uh, and that feels a little overwhelming, especially this morning. Um, but, you know, the 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 contributing factor which we haven't discussed is people want to live in Colorado and right now our average home price is somewhere around six or seven hundred thousand American and that will get you a small townhome uh, and so when when you're looking at six hundred thousand dollars for a townhome um, when people come along and say well we're going to stack them tall and build them cheap and put them tightly together everyone says yes right? That's what we want and need is more homes for people to live in. And so when you, when you build them cheap and you stack them high and you put them close together and a hundred mile an hour wind uh, starts blowing fire towards your community, it's not a lot of work for that fire to go from home to home to home to home to home. And, and so as you see some of the video from, from Denver last night, from Superior, Louisville, the the proper names of those cities, town, um, you're going to see a lot of fire being able to move between homes and subdivisions that don't have, you know, four, six, you know, four, six feet between them. Right. So if you're only two meters apart uh, and your house is a total loss in the blaze, it's very difficult to, to save your neighbor's house, especially when the wind is blowing the way it is. Rick Bolin from Manitoba. He now lives in Colorado, joining us live on 680 CJOB to talk about the wind whipped wildfires that tore through part of the state. Rick, thank you very much as always for joining us and we uh, we appreciate this. Thank you and, and I just want to say Happy New Year to everyone in Winnipeg. I hope that you guys stay warm and have a safe evening and, uh, and a great 2022. One of the things we asked you today as we head into 2022, what was good about 2021 for you? What are you thankful for? And we got a really Touching text uh, from Kat that we wanted to share with you. Uh, Kat reads when the writes when the pandemic began. I was scared because I had to receive all my news through family or friends. No TV or internet out here, so my son gave me a radio. It changed my life. It was a given that I would listen to CJOB as my mom always had. You are my lifeline, my entertainment. My information source, I appreciate your humor, your knowledge. I miss you when you're on vacation. And I absolutely hate when the holiday programming means I can't listen to my favorite shows. CJOB and all of you improved my life more than I can say. So, Kat, first of all, thank you for taking the time to send us that thoughtful note. We appreciate that uh, very much. But um, I don't want to speak for you, Loren. But I think it's probably safe for me to to say that uh, when that part of the, the the main thing that's gotten me through the pandemic is this job, specifically the fact that we get to come here every day and kind of have a four hour party, really, with uh, Manitoba. 
yeah. And there's been so many times where the cycle is so heavy in terms of what's in the news and what we're talking about. And yet that there'll be daily a text from one of our listeners telling us just something funny or a story or sharing a photo. Kristen sharing a photo of her dog this morning. That's what she's thankful for. He's become our new best friend. And, and Kat, we didn't even know Kat. I feel like we've been talking to you for years and I didn't realize it wasn't until the start of the pandemic that she was texting and sharing things with us because she feels like part of the family, right? And you get these notes from listeners and you can imagine it. Andrea texting in to say the happiest thing for her this year was my parents being reunited. They lived apart for a year due to different health concerns. They even went a stretch of three months without seeing each other due to COVID. They now live down the hall from one another in a personal care home. And she says, I'm so grateful as they are locked down but at least have each other. She says, Happy New Year to you all. And every time someone texts, sincerely, I can picture what you're going through, what you're doing. We appreciate all your photos, all your stories, all your well wishes. Happy New Year to everyone at CGOB. I feel like I'm saying goodbye and I'm going to end the show an hour early. (laughs) Happy New Year, everyone. Brett will be here from 9 to 10. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.